Welcome to this week's NL Full Time and we're doing a bit of a change. Normally we record this on a Sunday morning when the dust has settled on everything but we're doing it fresh after the final whistle on the Saturday afternoon so we can get a reaction fresh off the press. And talking of fresh off the press, we have got on the line Rob Worrell as always. He's been driven back from Solihull eating his chicken. Hello Rob. Oh, hiya Luke. Yeah, freshly pressed. That's the polite way of putting it, I think. And also over in Jakarta, uh, he wasn't with us last week, but he's with us this week. It is Chris Pratt. Hello, Chris. Hello, guys. How are you doing? Good. Uh, I believe you're out at Molly Malone's, were you? <laughs> yeah, there's an Irish bar in every ta- every city, isn't there, around the world? Well, we'll take a trip back in a little time machine, only four or five days, to Tuesday night, and we visited the Pro-Am Stadium. Uh, I went alongside Rob to watch Chesterfield against Aldershot. Chesterfield ran out by three goals to nil. They won the game there. And afterwards, I caught up with the Chesterfield manager, Martin Allen, and also the goal scorer of two goals, Charlie Carter. So I'm here for the NL full-time podcast with Martin Allen. Martin, what a result tonight. You've had two games, two wins, and it was your home debut, and it couldn't have gone any better, could it? No, you're absolutely right there. It was um, The players really played well tonight. It was a good team performance. Uh, and off the field, the supporters, the atmosphere that was uh, in and around the stadium, You know, they really uh, gave everything uh, for the players. And then the players, on the other hand, gave everything for the supporters. So it was a really good blend. It was a great atmosphere. Uh, it was a good night, and long that made us continue. Yeah, as you say, a new club for you. Could you could you have imagined getting two wins out of the first two games? It's been a dream start, hasn't it, really? Yeah, I didn't imagine. I, I expected uh, fully expected that to happen. Uh, we've got a good uh, good squad of players. Um, still a long way to go, of course, but no, I did expect it. Uh, so it's no surprise. And you could see your players working. All, you could see you working your players all the way through. I mean, um, fantastic goal from Charlie Carter tonight. But also, in terms of, you feel as though you'll be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. I know you said you don't want to hang around long. Well, it's, it's a long way to go yet. It was a good goal by Charlie, but uh, everybody uh, played their part in that on and off the field. The support and the backing and all the supporters here love Charlie Carter. Mm. They can see he's only uh, 20 years old and he's uh, full of skill and full of running and full of quality. Um, you know he's a good player and we've got a lot of other good players as well as Charlie I mean how does it feel to sort of the club was on its knees when you came here you kind of picked it up by the bootlaces haven't you and you could like you say you could sense where the atmosphere there was real positivity compared to the end of last year well I, don't, I wasn't here at the end of last season so I, I don't really know that um, all I asked for was that everybody got behind the team and the players and if they pay their money to come and watch Chesterfield we'll give them some value for money and uh, God bless those people um, hopefully when they've got in their cars tonight after watching tonight's performance they would say well the team's doing well and they should hopefully now be enjoying it the supporters sung their hearts out tonight mm. and uh, the players responded and uh, it goes hand in hand So I'm here with uh, Charlie Carter who scored two goals tonight for Chesterfield against Aldershot and Charlie what a night for you in your home debut Yeah definitely it was, um, it was a good night very good night for us we um we got the three points, that's the main thing for me. That's two wins from two, but we just need to keep chipping away. It's a long old season. We need to just keep going, keep pushing, mm. keep working hard, and hopefully we get the results will come. Two different types of goals. You had one where you ran onto it, almost Frank Lampard style, and drilled it in, and then the second one you just set off and nobody really tackled you. And again, you had the composure. You had three shots on target, scored two. You must have been really chuffed, especially with the second one. Yeah, definitely. I was happy to get two goals, but like I said before, um, it, is, it is a long season. I need to keep keep playing like that keep doing them things keep getting in them positions and hopefully more will come it's the same with the team 
we're, it's, we've only, we're only two games in and um, we've got two wins, but we need to just focus on Saturday now and go again. How have you found it? Because obviously you're at Woking last year, you're in a relegation battle. I mean, how have you found the move up here to Chesterfield? Yeah, it's been good. It's been really good. I've enjoyed it. It's, it was um, it was a difficult decision for me to, to leave Woking, obviously, being there for six years. But when I came up here and saw the ground and um, and spoke with the gaffer, um, it, it, was a, it was a relatively easy decision because he's someone that I wanted to play under and I wanted to come here and win. And that's the main thing. And obviously, scoring against all the shot, we were Woking's local rivals. Yeah, to be fair, I haven't. I, I, I didn't really think of it like that. I, obviously, whoever I go in against and play, I want to score and I want to win. Um, I'm a competitive player. I, I want to win games. And hopefully, we can do that this season. Just need to keep chipping away, like I said. And last one for me. Uh, what's Martin Allen been like, especially during pre season? I know we went swimming in the river a couple of years ago. He's not had you in the river, Don, has he, or anything like that? No, he hasn't. He hasn't. But he's been great with. Um, He's got us working hard in training. He's got us as a as a tight knit group, and we've gelled really well. And we just need to keep going and keep keep pushing together. So that was Martin Allen and the scorer of two goals, Charlie Carter, from Tuesday evening's victory for Chesterfield over Aldershot. And Rob, before we get on to what happened on Saturday's results, um, it was a thoroughly professional and deserved victory for Chesterfield on the night, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's really, really put a good squad together. He's got everything right. He's got the balance. He's got the power. He's got the pace. He's got the skill. He's got the creative side. He's got the people to finish it. And he's got uh, a very mean-looking central defensive trio as well. So, uh, yeah, hats off to Martin Allen. It's all very well having a bit of clout in the transfer market and uh, getting the back in. But you've still got to get the right players. You've still got to get the right blend. And uh, he's got to do that with a side that's just suffered uh, consecutive relegation. So all credit where it's due. Yeah, and the crowd played a big part, didn't they, Rob? I mean, it was a delayed kick-off. They were up for it from the start. There was none of this doom and gloom that we thought there would be. And uh, they really got behind the team. And it really, the early goal helped and it spurred them on from there, didn't it? It did. And uh, it would have been on a knife edge, you know, had they not started so well. And uh, perhaps the visitors got the first goal, but... Uh, no, it went almost to a T really for them because they got an early goal, they got a, a second goal to solidify that lead just before half-time. And in truth, um, Aldershot didn't create too much. They did have two golden opportunities, uh, both at key times actually. Shamir Fenelon could have levelled and uh, Matt McClure could have gotten right back in it two minutes into the second half. But uh, that's clutching at straws a little bit really. Aldershot were very well beaten on Tuesday night. In the interview we said to Martin Allen, he said how, the, how important the crowd would be and, and, and we said on Tuesday, didn't we, how it would have been if they started slowly. Well, against Braintree on Saturday, they did start quite slowly. It was nil-nil at half-time, maybe not going quite the way they didn't uh, they, they wanted it to, but in the end, they ground out the result. It was a different type of victory today over Braintree with Curtis Weston popping up with a goal as well and uh, a good follow-up to that. And, and that's what they'll need, Rob, for the crowd to stay with them. And, and that way they can pick up the three points yeah I mean they've got the nine out of nine and uh, that's the perfect start and uh, as we'll come on to cover there's four clubs that have managed that and uh, congratulations to all of them and Aldershot well they went to Solihull Moors looking to get back on the road Solihull who have won two out of two so far and well Rob you went there maybe in hope more than expectation and, and unfortunately it was another defeat for Aldershot and another three points for Solihull Moors yeah I mean they <coughs> had a really good chat with uh, Tim Flowers afterwards and he was very very honest in his admission of what he's done there's very little that he wanted to tweak or change because they had huge momentum from last season and they played to their strengths he said I'd love to be able to put on great football where they're breaking the ranks and the lines and spreading it from one side to the other he said but that's not the strength we've got 
he admitted they've got strong, powerful players and they play the percentages and they get the ball into the box as quickly as they can and as many times as they can. Um, what I would say was, for all the times they did that today, and ironically, Aldershot defended that quite well, eventually um, the goal came from uh, playing around both sides of the penalty area, shot coming in and then Danny Wright on hand to follow up and, uh, and, and make all the shots play. But um, yeah, very, very good from Solihull Moors. Playing to their strengths, they've got a real identity. Flowers knows what he's doing. And for all the shot, well, it's clear for all, really. They're in transition. They've uh, lost 10 players from last season. Very, very good players amongst them. And uh, there, may be, there may be the quality in the players they bought in, but it's very, very early and very raw. And those players, some of them are have got to establish themselves in men's football. They're learning and they're going to have to learn very, very fast indeed. So, uh, yeah, shots find themselves bottom of the uh, uh, original table of the season, the first table after three, three games. But they've got good company down there, haven't they, with uh, with Salford City. My tip for the championship. Yeah, we'll get on we'll get on to that in a minute. But in terms of um, Solihull, uh, Rob, they, they brought in Danny Wright, really good signing that. And I noticed today on the Switter, on the Solihull Moors Twitter page, they voted him man in a match, and that's a key signing for them after losing Athelian last year. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he's a physicality, he's a presence. He's got a good touch as well. He knows where the goal is. He probably should have scored in the first half, truth be told, but uh, he was there on hand uh, to follow up a. A shot well saved, I have to say, by the young Aldershot Town uh, Loney that's coming from Hull City, Will Mannion, and he he was given an immediate start today in place of Jake Jake Cole, which uh, raised a few eyebrows. Good performance from him. The scoreline down to one nil, but uh, for Aldershot they've got plenty of work to do. Yeah, and we'll catch up now and hear the thoughts of the Solihull manager, Tim Flowers. We sit here in the dugout at uh, Damson Park, as I still wrongly call it. <laughs> Three games into your management of this football club and uh, Tim you put a lot of hard work in but uh, could you have dreamed that you'd be sat here with nine points out of nine after the first three games no absolutely not if the truth be told um, listen it was a, an immensely hard struggle for us last year um, Mark Yates and myself uh, came in in mid-November we were training two evenings a week at eight o'clock at night um, you know we had a squad with all due respect that we just weren't good enough um, and we had to make some changes and quickly and uh, so we changed the training to three mornings a week and my, all, you know to almost all of the lads committed to that um, we brought the board allowed us to bring some numbers in in the window we got rid of some and brought some in which improved the quality of the squad and then we just worked really hard and uh, got us, ourselves as organized as we possibly could and managed to get over the line you know this year you know, in the last couple of years, should I say that, that we've had a, uh, a start that hasn't seen us pick up enough points. So it was massive for us to try and get off the mark quickly this year. Did I think we'd get nine out of nine? No, no, I didn't. You know, I don't think any anyone who follows us would. But uh, nevertheless, we have, we have, and, and that's a credit to the to the players. Uh, they're fit, they're organised, they give everything they've got, and that can get you to to places you didn't think you could get to. You know, hard work and unity, commitment, uh, and I think the, the the club and the fans are, are buying into that. And clearly you and Mark worked well together but uh, coming into this season you're the main man now uh, and it must have been a difficult balancing act for you because you'd got momentum in the back end of last season you've got an awful, awful lot of things going right Tim yeah. um, equally you want to make your mark as the new manager how, how difficult was that balance and what if anything would you say you've, you, you've done differently you know with respect to Mark and myself last year it was very much a democracy you know we, we both uh, got interviewed for the job and, and the board decided that they would like to put us together. Uh, I'd, when Mark was at Cheltenham, 
uh, I went and did the goalies for him for a day a week. I was mm. sort of freelancing a little bit, so I knew Mark anyway. You know, a real, a real good lad, a real good sort, an honest football man who knows the game. Um, so we got on fantastic. You know, we we hit it off without a problem, and um, we both had a similar view on the way forward. Uh, you know, we had listen. We, we, we couldn't go out and start splitting and stringing passes through the thirds, you know, like, for example, an older shot or whatever can do. You know, we, we, we hadn't got that kind of squad, if you like. So we, we decided we were going to be more direct, get the ball up to bigger lads, um, work tirelessly on our set plays and restarts. That got us out of the trouble, really, that we were in last year. And, you know, at the end of the day, we, we had recruitment uh, or names that we would like to have recruited in the summer. We knew we were going to lose one or two. Um, so we were both aware of who those names were. We lost some, and Mark took some to to Macclesfield, and they deserve their chance to go in the football league. So we'd got our backup contingency plans, uh, brought the, brought those many as those of those players in as we could. Uh, you know, it was. I'm also one at this level that that sort of a pressure game can can hurt opposition. Um, now listen, will it win every game? of the season no and we're going to take a few on the chin against better sides but uh, it will get us to a certain point hopefully um, so no I, I thought if it ain't broke don't try and fix it I'm not you know I'm not going to as much as I'd love to mm. pay me money and come and watch it getting strung and switched and, and beautiful football sometimes you've got to be realistic and pragmatic and, and that's what we are you know I've got a staff around me with Gary Wilde and James Quinn and I've just got a group of lads who, who bought into what we're trying to do so um, we could be sitting here next time you speak to me and we could have gone three three defeats on the belt but the bottom the bottom line is we'll still be trying to do the right things and still be trying to progress the, the club Ironic really given your obvious admission to, to, to there's a certain way in which it's easier to set up and, and give yourself the best percentage chance of winning games but uh, ironically for all the times you got that ball uh, sort of thrown into the box today one way or another the goal wasn't too bad was it? You built up the right you switched it to the left and uh, somebody followed up a shot so. well that's right I mean that's yeah. why that's why you, you know you pay your number nine or I don't think he's number ten as it happens but yeah. you pay your Danny Wright to this world mm. because he's Johnny on the spot he smells what might happen where it might drop and he's on it and it's in the roof of the net before you can blink and yeah it was a, it was a decent little move uh, hey listen I'll, I, I'm sometimes do our lads a disservice because uh, we've got no frills about us we've got no airs and graces and we're a dogged in your face team but we've got some magic dust in there as well you know Osborne Jamie Osborne's the best footballer in the league, uh, in my opinion. Mm. He's, he's a fantastic player who can he can beat you in a telephone box. He's, he's left foot, right foot. You know he can manipulate. He's quicker with the ball than he is without it. He goes past people at times that are not even there. You know he'll score wonder goals. He sees passes. Um, you know we've got I've got a front three. I've got a Jermaine Hilton who's well blistering quick, lightning quick, fast feet. You know he gets you in the box, fronted up, and you've got a problem. We have to be aware of what's got us to where we're at, which is winning a few games at the minute. Now, you know let, let's not let's not be giddy and all of a sudden start thinking we are what we're not. Um, you know keep your keep your eyes on the ball, keep focused, and do what you're good at, and and you might have a chance of being relatively successful but you know the minute you take your eye off that ball and start thinking you are what, something you're not you're dead for me well brilliant great start to the season congratulations on that and we'll catch yeah. up with you later in the Top season up. and that was Tim Flowers and as you said he's, he's really happy with how things are going but for all the shot Rob uh, we spoke about it on Tuesday as well normally you said they create chances but miss them but at the minute they're not really creating any chances to miss are they no they're not and that's the worrying thing I think they've had one clear shot on target in each of the open three games they've all been tame shots straight at the goalkeeper they've lost some key key players that's for sure and at the moment with the new players they have got 
they've uh, they've got to find their way. They've got to settle down. But uh, on this occasion, let's uh, let's uh, focus on Tully. I'll give full credit to Flowers because you know the thing that impresses me for any manager coming in to take over a club, you want to put your stamp on it, don't you? And the temptation to to change things there must have been huge. But he's an intelligent guy. He's been in football a long time. And he thought, you know what, we're not going to turn into Real Madrid or Barcelona overnight, so let's keep doing what we're doing and doing it effectively. So Chesterfield have won three out of three, but they're only second on goal difference because at the top, uh, Halifax Town, who'd have predicted that? And in third place, Gates said so. Basically, Gates said he would predicted to go down a third. Solihull Moors, who predicted to go down a fourth. And Halifax are top. Now, I know everyone was saying how impressed they were with Jamie Fulton towards the end of the season, but what a start that is. And they've yet to concede a goal as well. Yeah, absolutely, Luke. I mean, it's unbelievable. They've scored seven goals. They've scored seven goals, and they haven't conceded a single goal. And uh, they basically won today's match with inside 30 minutes as well. Now, I mean, everyone looks at the the goal scorers and the midfielders, and when you score seven, you don't concede any. But I think I mentioned this guy last season, Matty Brown. When I've seen him play for Halifax, he's been an absolute rock, and I believe he's been getting rave reviews as well this season. And um, well, if you don't concede any, you know, you only need to score one at the other end. And for me, out of those four teams you mentioned, Luke, uh, there's only Chesterfield we'd probably expected to be up there. Yeah, and Gates said, I mean. I think what really gave him the belief, Chris, was we kind of maybe expected him to go down to Maidenhead and win last week, but to come from behind to beat Salford last week must have given him huge confidence and he took that into today's game. Yeah, absolutely. What a win that was. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Luke. And uh, they've also just signed Mike Williamson as well from uh, Newcastle United, <laughs> Steve Watson's ex clubs as well. So that's a real coup for them. And all of a sudden, things are looking really quite rosy up at Gateshead. I was actually talking to a Newcastle fan today who's been to watch Gateshead um, a little bit and, and knows that sort of area. And uh, he was saying that. I was saying, yeah, but they've had a few struggles in um, in the close season and what have you. And he says, yeah, but he says the contacts with Newcastle are great. They can always get a few uh, kids from Newcastle along during the season. They've got really good links there. To see them third at this stage of the season is well, it's not what we were expecting, but it's it's good to see. Look at the other results and in the early kickoff of the day, Wrexham they they're going well. They're currently in fifth place and they took on a Boreham Woodside easily beat. Boreham Wood and I know Rob last week you thought Boreham Wood might struggle it was the first defeat of the season the first goals they conceded but uh, Wrexham were, were worthy winners today and the man in the match was Jordan Maguire Drew had a brilliant game yeah that was a really really good late signing for them Wrexham will turn around and point out uh, that they've won a game by three goals to nil and that might sound ridiculous but uh, how many times have we talked about it Adam Virgo talked about it again last week you know, it's great having a, a strong defence and very rarely conceding goals, but uh, if you keep relying on 1-0 sooner or later, you come unstuck. And, uh, well, that man, Mike Fondoc-Talon, found the target again today. Uh, so I think that's something like seven goals in nine games he's played, including pre-season. So uh, he certainly knows where the net is, and he's not the only one now. That's a really good win for them. And Borenwood, I'd almost put in the same category as Waldershot, um, actually, in that they had a clear way of playing last year and very, very clear and key personnel involved in that. Obviously, Bruno Andrade's the big loss, but um, they've got to do it all again. You start with zero points. You've got to amass them all again, um, and it can be tough, and they've got to find a new pattern now, a new way of playing, a new way of creating chances, and uh, a new way of taking them. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a difficult season for Boromwood, but I think the big plus point for them 
is uh, just how good I think their young manager Luke Garrard is and, and that of course is also something uh, with all the shot that I think that the experience of what it will will, will get them through. Just to just to throw me two penneth on that one, Luke. I, I actually heard that. I actually listened to the first half of that one. Boreham Wood were the better team in the first half. Wrexham were uh, were poor in that first half, and they they, they, they were fortunate to score. And Boreham Wood actually should have hit back straight away in that game. And if they'd have gone back one nil or maybe two one up in that first half. It could have been different. Unfortunately, I didn't catch the second half. So obviously, Wrexham must have sort of moved through the gears in in that second half. But you know, if Boreham could have got Boreham Wood could have got the noses in front in that game, it, it could have been slightly different. And they did have the chances. Luke Garrard said afterwards, a, a bit like you mentioned, Rob, that they've had a lot of rebuilding. They've lost a lot of key players, and he said they've done well so far, but the goals they can see today was frustrating and it's a chance for they have to rebuild again and go again on Tuesday yeah you've really got to take the chances when they come along it's perfectly possible sometimes to to not play that well but just get one or two key chances at key times of the match and, and get a result um, get a draw nick a win but um, you've really got to take those chances when they came along uh, uh, all the shot hit the foot of the post that man Jacob Barkley uh, Aguipong sorry um, after about 10 minutes today really good move sweet finish and it just bounced beat the keeper come back off the foot of the post you often end up looking at moments like that in games don't you think well if that had gone in it would have changed it but uh, overall really really good solid start to the season for Wrexham they're still keeping the, sh- the clean sheet a rare three goal home victory for them and it's another team who came down along with Chesterfield they, they've had a, a, a quiet start than Chesterfield it's fair to say they drew Nil nil with all the shot in the opening day, and then drew one one with Braintree rather surprisingly at home on Tuesday evening. Well, hosted Eastley on Saturday and, and lost by two goals to one, and that was quite a surprising result. Eastley lost two out of two before the, the this weekend's games, and uh, I don't think I could have called that one. Could you, Chris? No, no, uh, no. But I was looking at the um, the Eastley squad and the Eastley lineup, and there's a hell of a lot of experience in that team, so it's still a difficult place um, to go. I know they didn't. They haven't started off too well, but if you if you look, they've got just to read out a few players: Grain Start, Danny Hollands, Reed Johnson, Chris Zabrowski, James Constable. They're absolutely stat full of experience, Eastley. So, so they know how to win games of football. And um, whilst you would have looked at that game and you would have thought, yeah, Barnet should have enough. They should go down there and win. They're unbeaten so far, Eastley, with with two defeats. You know they've got Andy Hessen Tyler. He's a man with lots of experience as well. Yes, I'm, I'm not too surprised. Yeah, Andy Hessen is a man who's uh, you wouldn't want to cross, would you, Rob? Basically, him and Martin Allen, you'd give 100% for every week, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. He knows his stuff, and uh, good. You know, I, I'm not surprised to see them bounce back at all. Uh, we mentioned the potential flaw in Barnett's game. Uh, big squad, good squad, some quality players, but uh, there's been a real feeling that. Uh, you know, goals might be a little bit of a premium for them, and, and that's proved to be the case again today. I think they've managed just one in their first three games, so uh, I'm sure John still will sort that out. Um, some really good, experienced managers, aren't there, in the National League? And it's going to be a hell of a scrap again this season, boys. And two teams now, Chris, who. I've had surprising, surprising starts this season in, in, in that they've done better than they thought and also worse than we thought. The first one's Barrow. They were 1-0 up at Lake Norrie and then they fell behind 2-1 yeah. and showed great character to come back. And Ian Everett said, look, let other teams worry about us when you go there. And that's a really good point from down at Lake Norrie. Yeah, absolutely. It's a brilliant point, especially because they went 1-0 up. They were pegged back. They were... 
they were two one down, and then uh, someone we know very well, Raúl Correa from the Evo stick up in the north, uh, bagged a, bagged an equaliser, and what, what a great thing for him as well, playing in, in Leighton Orient, playing in front of so many fans, and and scoring a goal, and we've seen his talent. So, and actually, that's a point that I wanted to make about Barrow because I think in the preview show I mentioned that they have picked up a lot of players from the lower leagues, and I'm, you know, that could go either way, and I still think it could go either way, but those players can step up as well and uh, as they have done today late on Leighton Orient's um, Leighton Orient's point of view well I was listening to the the Salford Leighton Orient game in the first game of the season and there was a lot of talk about you know these could be the top two sides well the first few matches it hasn't played out that way there's plenty of time to go till the end of the season but three draws certainly isn't what um, Justin Edinburgh would have wanted and especially when you're 2-1 up with five minutes to go they would have wanted to seal that game the big thing for, for him though and he mentioned it today Macaulay Bonds up and running Rob he got two goals today and he, he's ready to go now yeah three for the season so uh, that's one tip that's on track at the moment for me but of course he's not top scorer in the National League that uh, that belongs with Luke Armstrong doesn't it as Gates said unless I've missed some totting up on someone else somewhere Luke Armstrong's got four goals in the opening three games a blistering start for uh, for him in the North East yeah and you made a good point to me on Tuesday Rob about Luke Armstrong he basically played for Blythe for his dad's team Alan Armstrong manages Blythe he played there did really well and then Gateshead took him on trial and he's not looked back since he hasn't and doesn't seem to have done Blythe too much harm either does he we'll come on to that one in a little while <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, stay tuned for that uh, Salford Chris now they uh, they got a good draw against Leighton Orient midweek they, they went ahead against Gateshead on Tuesday before losing the game Graham Alexander if you saw his post-match interview was, it was crestfallen after that and again today they went ahead through Carl Pierre Gianni before being pegged back and losing 2-1 and the Salford Twitter described it as a very poor performance and it's a quick learning curve for a minute Chris it is. I don't really know what to say about Salford Luke because um, you know they were they were tipped as favourites to go up, and I think I mentioned on again going back to that preview show that it isn't going to be that easy. This is a really difficult league, and I think they will. I think they will make the playoffs, but there is a bit of adjustment to be done. You don't just walk into this league and play everyone off the park and. Um, you know, Pierre Gianni pops up as his centre half scoring again. He is quite prolific, but it's difficult, and you don't go to places like Sutton as well and and, and easily win. And Sutton have proved, you know, they've proved year on year that they're getting better and better. They're always up there. They're up there in roundabouts. And Salford, to be honest, will probably learn a little bit. They won't want to hear that, but they could learn a bit, little bit about the way that Sutton approach things. Yeah, I asked Graham Alexander the question before the season even started about does he know enough about the league? You see. A lot of managers who come from League One and League Two maybe not underestimated as such, but are surprised by the quality and the way teams play. And do you think it's it's a, a learning curve for learning curve for him as well, Rob? In that you know he's brought these players in from League One and League Two, and it might be a culture shock to some of them going playing on like a three G at Sutton, for example. I guess so. It could be. Um, I guess everyone's got to learn. The quicker they learn, the more successful they're likely to be. Sometimes you have to feel the pain of defeat a few times to learn more quickly. It's inter- The interesting thing for me is that Salford have got off the mark in every one of their three games they've taken the lead. Yeah. That's the worrying thing. If you're related to Salford or involved with Salford, that's what you look at and say, well look, we're approaching the game right, we're getting the first goal, and we've got the first goal in all three games, yet they haven't won one yet. It's worrying. Yeah, it's interesting. It's something they'll be looking to sort out. Another team who were quite pleased with their summer signings, and it's not quite happened for them yet, is Hartlepool, Chris. In 
didn't it? They've, they've got they had two draws before Saturday's game, and then they lost at home to Ebbsfleet. Apparently, in a game they dominated, it just didn't quite happen for them. But it's a slow start from Hartlepool again. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but I think Rob would uh, would agree with me on this one that getting beaten by Ebbsfleet is 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 no no shame in that because Ebbsfleet are a very decent team, and uh, yeah. they'll, be, uh, they'll come across. Uh, a lot worse teams, and they'll, they'll probably win um, throughout the season. So uh, I wouldn't read too much into that. I know it's a home defeat. I know it's one nil. You know, it's in front of a big crowd as well. Like they always get up at Hartlepool, but Ebbsfleet are a really tough opposition. I do expect Hartlepool to bounce back. And Rob, the two daggers combined: Corey Whiteley and Michael Cheek, and it was Whiteley who got the goal. Wow! Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Isn't it? I mean, we said that uh, Cheek was a great late steal in the transfer market. And Corey Whiteley, what do we know about him? That he's a man who scores in streaks, doesn't he? And uh, he wasn't prolific once he transferred over from Dagenham to Street last season. Might have lost his way a little bit, but uh, he certainly seems to have uh, started this season uh, right on it. And a really, really good response from Street there after their start to the season didn't go quite as they liked. And they've done the reverse of what Chesterfield did to them on the opening day, haven't they? They've, they've gone and play, you know, a big club with a big crowd and... Uh, They've gone in there and the archetypal perfect away performance. Clean sheet and a 1 0 win. And just before we move on to look at the feeder leagues at the National League North and South congratulations haven't Waterlooville they are off the mark in the National League at last they drew 1-1 against a really good filed side that's a decent point from Robin somebody you know well got their first goal at this level it's Nicky Cabamba yeah really good comeback from, from them having having gone behind to a Danny Rowe goal and uh, yeah please for Nicky Cabamba He's up and running, and uh, I'm sure it won't be long before Pavey joins. Hi, this is Justin Edinburgh, and you're listening to the NL Full Time Podcast. Well, look at the National League North now, Chris. And as I said, you've uh, you've been out most of the day. And when you walked in, I'm guessing you thought, "Wow, I've had a few strong drinks here." When you've seen some of those scores, <laughs> but uh, well, well, again, we'll rewind back to Monday evening, and I went down to Curzon versus Chester, and we did a bit of an NL Full Time Live in conjunction with our friends at FC Radio. And uh, this is what happened: Corner comes in. Mason scoring oh. and it's headed in in the end by Simon Grand to give Chester the lead well the move that led to the corner came out of nothing and uh, it's just a simple corner and Mason was nowhere Grand got ahead of his the keeper and he's headed it in and on 21 minutes Chester in front they've uh, looked a little bit more self-assured oh, here's Dudley with a chance and he's made it 2-0 again and it was another poor mistake by Curzon it was uh, Majanet who missed his kick Dudley was in and he only need, he's barely had a sniff all night he only needed one chance blasted it past Mason and a vital goal just before half time and a 2-0 to Chester oh they were chuffed a bit risky clearance there towards the edge of the area pick up by Stopforth and now Roberts looking to charge into the area or lay it off wide to Smalley cross it towards the back post towards Pritchard it's 3-0 in fact I think it was an own goal potentially in the end Pritchard was putting Connor Hughes under pressure not much celebration from Pritchard which suggests to me it was an own goal but Curzon again their own downfall they were, they were pressed high up there they didn't really clear the ball and from there good crossing simple goal in the end and it's 3-0 to Chester so it finished 3-0 to Chester down at Curzon and I caught up with the Chester joint manager after the game Bernard Marley so I'm here at the Thameside Stadium for the NL full-time podcast I've just seen Chester win by three goals to nil against Curzon and I'm here with the, the joint manager Bernard Marley and Bernard must be pleased with that victory in the end yeah always pleased winning games of football um, you know it's come, it's come at a good time for us it's early days you know we always thought it might take a little bit of time to click but I think we can we can identify that it's starting to click now we're not you know we're not perfect 
far from it, but uh, another clean sheet, which is a massive positive. We did commentary on the game and we said that Chester Curzon had a lot of ball early on, and then once you got the first goal, it seemed to click into gear, you looked a lot more comfortable and you took control then. Yeah, I always think, you know, as an outsider and a supporter, you see Curzon in a lot of possession, you think automatically, well, you know, they're having lots of yeah. possession. They, they, they had lots of possession but didn't penetrate with it. I think what we did was we, we, we stretched the game, we yeah. played forward as quickly as we can, got bodies, got support, and, and, and like you say, maybe the goal come against the run of play. Yeah, it probably did, but that's what we're about, that's what we set up to do. We set up to frustrate them, let them have the ball in front of us, as long as they're not getting in behind, we'd be happy. You've got players here, you know, we, we said it's like your stamp on it, you know, your your team, maybe it's Salford, you didn't have the players that you wanted to have there, but you certainly got, you know, the players that you know, like, like Gary Stockforth and people like that, Dom Smalley, and you really stamped your mark on this team already. Yeah, I think what we, I think what we do with this group of lads is we get the maximum amount of them, and, and they understand that, the demands we put on them, the, the work we ask them to do. Tonight, they've, 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 run, they've, they've covered so much miles yeah. out there today. The, 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 the aggressive press from, from the front two was brilliant, and it's been backed up by the support from midfielders. And you know, like I say, the, we can identify what we're trying to do, uh, which, which direction we're going in, but still a little bit, lots to work on. You, you come from a club that's progressive in Salford, you come to a club that's maybe not had the best best of times recently still a big club though I mean how, how have you found it and, and presume you want to bring the good times back as well to Chester yeah I think one thing we spoke about was it's a sleeping giant you know you've, you've seen the support tonight the support on Saturday was unbelievable and and, and, and as a manager it, it, it helps it really does lads want to play well because they want to get them supporters on board we're not always going to win and you know they're going to criticise every now and again but I, I think you know it's a totally different project to what Salford was last year we, we, we've come here um, people said it's you know it's in financial crisis why are you going there it's, it's, the, it's the infrastructure of football club it's it's, it's how big it is and it's as big as any club we've managed so you know it was always going to be a challenge and we're enjoying it I was going to say it's a big challenge I presume, I presume promotion's the aim of it we, we, you could name seven or eight teams all that will be up there won't they yeah the league's as strong as it's ever been and I know people say that every year we said it last year but I don't feel like there's anyone that's going to run away with it um, it's, it's, it's one of them you look at the fixtures you don't, you never have an easy game but I think the side that's obviously an obvious statement to make is the side that's most consistent you know especially away from home if you can win your own games and pick points up and away from home that might be the side that's going to win it so that was Burn Marley and they would have been bullish there Chris and uh, they, they were doing well and they've gone up to a Bly team who'd lost two out of two so surely it would have been a comfortable victory for Chester wouldn't it Chris? Yeah you would have <laughs> thought that wouldn't you? <laughs> I think uh, I think everyone would have thought that. Who'd have put the money on 8-1? Now that's one of those things where on the video printer they even have to type the letters <laughs> after yeah. the after the score because wow 3-0 uh, at half time Roberts off for Chester on 59 minutes and I just want to... I. Uh, I wanted to see how the, the managers would respond to that and so I listened to Anthony Johnson's interview and sort of things like he said it was embarrassing I've never been involved with anything like this in my life he said he walks into the change room he said rip your contracts up and leave your football, leave the football club to some of the players and he was shaking he was absolutely gobsmacked about what's just happened and, and you know as well as I do Luke you've watched his Salford teams I've seen plenty of his Salford teams play and one thing they do not act Accept is his players not putting a hundred percent in, and you know, in fairness, he did say there were a few out there who did, who did put a hundred percent in, but he was just, he just couldn't believe what what he'd seen, and um, you know, if you're looking on the Blythe point of view, fantastic for Blythe, amazing, you know. <laughs> I don't think in the wildest dreams they would have come away and thought that they'd have won eight one in that game. But from Chester's point of view, to go from winning three nil away from home to losing eight one away from home, that's um, that's a 
that's a bad turnaround. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I was sat watching it in a studio, seeing the results come through, and I, I, I was only drinking a cup of tea, and I thought, God, what's in this tea when I was seeing it come through? I thought I was seeing things, because I watched Chester at Curzon on Monday, and as you heard, it was a 3-0 victory, and it was a pretty comfortable 3-0 victory as well, and they were brilliant all over the park. They never stopped working, even at 3-0 up. And, yeah, wow, <laughs> what a result that was, and... Uh, I also too heard the interview with Anthony Johnson, Chris, and he did well not to swear, didn't he? It was fair to say. <laughs> he did very well. He did very well to talk for eight minutes as well. <laughs> I thought a minute per goal, was, then. Uh, yeah, that was very. And in fairness to him, he, he does. He always fronts it up, and and both of them do actually. They always front it up, and they always they always speak honestly. And I think I think it's fair to say, and hopefully a bit of ray of light from Chester fans. I don't think I don't for Chester fans. I don't think you'll see his team trounce like that again this season because they won't let that happen. Also, another game where uh, well, there was just. Plenty of goals all over the National League North, wasn't there all afternoon? And yet again, another game in the Northeast, Chris, not far down from Blyde, Spennymore. It finished Spennymore 4, Altrincham 4. Altrincham were ahead three times in that game and they were pegged <laughs> back three times by Spennymore after Spennymore had taken an early lead. And uh, wow, what a game that was. Well, both teams have got goals in them, Luke. Uh, I've seen Altrincham in pre season, I've seen the way they set up the. The way they play, they play with um, real, real attacking wing backs, and they absolutely go at people. They've got Jordan Hume, who didn't actually score today, who I've raved about in the past, and they they really take it to teams. And I haven't been seen Spennymore yet, obviously this season, but from how they played last season, they really go at teams as well. So if you're a neutral, that would have been a good place to be. And of course, Spennymore have got uh, Adam Boys as well from um, Bradford Park Avenue as well, who who did score today. So yeah fantastic game and what an advertisement for the league as well I mean <laughs> you're not going to see top rate defending are you but um, you, you're guaranteed to see goals when those two play and, you, and that's what it ha- that's what happened today spending more your tips for relegation as well Chris <laughs> uh, yeah but <laughs> Yeah, they were me wild card, Luke, and there's a long time, long way to go. Three, uh, three draws for Spennymore now, and Phil Parkinson. If you've not seen Phil Parkinson, the Aldershire manager, he's bald, which is a good job because I imagine he'd have been tearing his hair out during that game. Uh, another game with lots of goals was Kidderminster Harrys and Ashton United. Ashton with two, two nil up, then three one up, and then they were leading into injury time before Kane Richards got an equaliser for Kidderminster down at Agborough, and uh, that was a. A pretty good result for Ashton considering because he had an opening day draw then he, he came from behind 3-1 down at SC United on Tuesday to win by four goals to three and then they've, they've got a draw today as disappointed as he will be to concede the last minute equaliser Chris they've, uh, they'll be pretty pleased with that start Please Luke they'll be absolutely delighted with the way they've started the season at, um, at Ashton United because they would have been terrified that they would step up into this division and no one would have said it to each other but they would step up into this division and it would be a step too far we tipped them um, to struggle I think everyone would have tipped them to struggle as well and um, they're, they're scoring goals as well they've scored seven goals already this season and they look like they can score at will one of the surprises so far I mean there is another surprise up there for me but uh, Ashton United certainly one of the surprises of the season and you know fantastic it's fantastic that teams can come up from that, that lower division and then can carry on that momentum now 
I can guarantee they won't be fourth at the end of the season. They're probably um, they're probably a bit bit further down, but they'll be happy with a, a sort of lower mid table finish at the end of the season. Would you rather surprise Crispy Lemington by any chance? It would be Luke. How did you guess? Because <laughs> three of you predicted him to go down when we're at Monday, when we're at Curzon on Monday as well. A lot of people was. Uh, Ben, the host, and Aaron Flanagan was there. He said, oh, yeah, we think Leamington will go uh, because they're not very good. And I said, but people said that last year, but they're well organised, they've got a settled side. And it's proving that now. I mean, they've beaten Boston at home on Tuesday. They got a draw at Aldergham on the opening day of the season. And then on Saturday, they beat a very good Bradford Park Avenue side who'd won two out of two before Saturday. Luke, whenever I've seen Leamington, they've been terrible. <laughs> so so my, uh, my opinion of Leamington is probably... It's probably not fair because it's just been based on when they've played up in the, up in the northwest, and it's often been on a Tuesday night or something like that. So maybe I'm doing them a disservice, but you've got to take your hat off, haven't you? Because what a start to the season: seven goals for, two goals against. They're currently sitting seventh in the table. Yeah, fair play. That's all I can say, Luke. I'm I'm surprised as as, as anyone, but. Uh, Fair play, well done. We'll get on to Stockport County in a minute, Chris. But Rob, two traditional teams, Hereford and York City, uh, they've had diff- different starts to the season. Hereford have taken seven points from their opening three games. They got a victory at Curzon Ashton on Saturday. But York, they've lost two out of three so far. They got they bounced back well in midweek, beating Stockport County at home. But they've lost at home to Alfreton today. And there was a, f- a few tweets I saw coming in saying it was the worst first half performance they've seen under Martin Gray and uh, they've lost at home to Alverton which is no disgrace because a lot of people are tipping Alverton to be underdogs with Billy Heath there but uh, difficult times for York Rob and good times for Hereford Yeah it's a, a fantastic start for Hereford back at this level and I think I made the point in the season preview podcast that they won't be phased by it at all they're on a mission to get back to the level that they were at and uh, it's higher than the level they're at now so uh, fair play to them good start for them York well they have to deal with that expectation all the time don't they and uh, sometimes it feels like they still haven't fully turned around the, the downward momentum obviously they uh, you know they were at the right end of the uh, National League North table last season as you'd expect them to be given the size of the club given the quality of players that they've got as well but um, you know they've, they've got to find their balance they've got to find their rhythm and uh, it doesn't look like they've hit the ground running like so many teams we've talked about uh, today have done and Chris for York as well they've got such a good squad of players I mean you can see that they pull off results like last year for example they beat Salford at home and, and uh, had some really good results they beat Stockport at home on Tuesday and by all accounts played really really well but then you can't see that squad going on a run of like a five game winning streak for example either could you? No it's a difficult one and it was interesting Luke what you, you said in the um, when you sort of introducing York then in that the fans have never seen a a worst um, first half performance I think is what you said and um, but I think you've actually said that five or six times um, over you know towards the end of last season and um, the second half of the season under Martin Gray so it's a reoccurring theme unfortunately um, for York at the minute and they're just not they just don't seem to be getting to grips with the National League North and yes they've got a, they have got on paper a really strong line up um, but in credit to in credit to Alfreton Town, they've come across a really wily operator in Billy Heath. I was just looking through their their team sheet there today. Curtis Bateson, I 
pretty sure played with him at North Ferriby. Tom Denton, um, North Ferriby, Halifax, Richard Pennicat, Halifax. You've got Craig King, who's a, a journeyman, but a fantastic player as well, who's, who's got a lot of knowledge around that area. So they have come up, up against a really difficult team. But um, when York City look at that um, fixture on paper at the start of the season, they should have enough um, to be beating Alfred in town. And, and they haven't. And, and to be honest, Luke, I just can't really put my finger on on why York are not adapting to life in the in the National League North. I just I don't know. Maybe York fans can uh, can get in touch with us after the podcast when they listen to us because I'm not sure Luke. <laughs> Sorry. A lot a lot will blame a lot will blame the manager obviously wasn't the the sexy name maybe that York fans wanted Rob. But is it in terms of in something like that when you've got a squad as good as you've got I mean they've recruited so well over the summer. Is it down to the manager? Is it down to the players? Well it's obviously down to both because the manager can get tactics right, he can get the team sheet right, he can prepare the side mentally correctly but they still are the ones that have got across the line and get onto the pitch and uh, and, and make that game plan happen and, and make it succeed and, and, and win the game, get the three points, you know. So they're obviously taking a while to find their um, rhythm again this season. You can't underestimate the uh, the victory over Stockport. At least they've got... You know, for a few of these clubs that have started poorly, that have maybe lost three or, you know, lost a couple and drawn one, well, at least York have got a win under the belt, haven't they? At least they've got three and... Uh, as we said earlier on in the podcast tonight, you know, you probably learn more in defeat. So if they learn quickly, they may be all right. My one little mention I want to give um, in the north is for that team, Boston. I was brave enough to pick them to finish in the top seven, and I think I was the only one, although Chris might have done as well. But uh, a good, really solid 3-0 win for them today, and they're going nicely, Chris. Yeah, they're going very nicely, aren't they? No, actually, Rob, I don't think I did pick them, and I think um, I maybe should have, because I remember saying they could be dark horses towards the end of last season, <laughs> and then That's failed it. to pick them in my in my predictions. But, yeah, they've got a good 3-0 win there over, over FC United. In fairness, FC United are struggling at the start of this season. Um, both myself and Luke did see them and thought thought they may struggle but you've still got to put them away and Boston have gone up there and uh, and they've, they've won 3-0 and yes the I think the 6th is the is the very very early league table stands at the minute and uh, Craig Elliott's uh, Craig Elliott would be enthused by the way they've started definitely I got shouted at by Swampy for predicting him saying why, why did you predict us to go down <laughs> well I think with some of the signings they made and the, the struggles that they're uh, facing as you've seen already this season they've lost 3 out of 3 conceded uh, double figures already as well and uh, it is going to be a long hard season for Tom Greaves and his men down there uh, now before we get on to another team that you really love Chris Stockport County they bounced back from defeat as I said against York with a, a good victory at Southport although we all tipped Southport to do well they spent a lot of money but have they got a manager who's maybe his tactics are five years out of date Chris that's three defeats on the spin for Southport and only scored one goal in those three games yeah it's difficult for me to agree with you on that one Luke because I did look at Southport and I thought you know Southport are probably going to be okay I can see them finishing sort of sixth or seventh towards the end of the season but it just hasn't it hasn't really materialised at the start and um, yeah I was very surprised when they did get rid of Kevin Davis and they did make that managerial switch uh, towards the uh, sort of end of last season and and sometimes these things take time don't they sometimes these things take time for the team to gel and everything but yes from Stockport County's point of view 
Sorry, they did Chris, go to York, gonna... they did lose against York, and there is, uh, anyone who wants to have a look at um, Stockport County's Twitter feed, you will see a challenge that happened in that game on Stock Scott Duxbury very early on, which should have been a red card after about three minutes, and Duxbury's out now for about four to six weeks, so um, Stockport County have done really well to, to bounce back from that defeat in, in midweek and go to Southport and, and win 1-0. Yeah, and they've just brought yeah, in Josh Askew on loan as well from, Sal- yeah. uh, from Salford as well, but in terms of Southport, Chris, just, just going back today, I yeah. mean, there's a bit of it, in, an interesting thing to keep the eye on. If you go on the Southport forum, there's a few people criticising the, the manager and the team, and the owner's gone on and said, look, uh, we need to stick behind everyone. And uh, he's criticising people, saying, Eddie, Eddie criticising the projects. And some of the fans are going, well, no, we're just criticising the performance in the actual game, not the actual project. So watch this space. Mm-hmm. There could be a bit of rumbling going on there. Yeah, yeah. And, and off the field, you know, things do seem to be going really well off the field, don't they? There's a, there's a vibrancy about the place and they've got um, you know, they've got a, a really sort of positive, I think they call it hashtag one port uh, initiative that um, seems to have sort of captured the imagination of the fans and they're bringing new people in to come and watch uh, to come and watch Southport but um, you know ultimately it will be judged by, by results on the pitch and it would be nice yeah. to see them um, it would be really nice to see them do well but um, not working so far but like I mean the caveat with all these things is that it is early days and um, when you do bring players in it does take a, a bit of time to gel we're going to move on to the South shortly but just before we move on to that I know a team that both both uh, yourself Rob and Chris really like and the way they're so solid are Charlie uh, three wins out of three again no goals conceded they had the loss of Matt, Yak- Matt Janssen Chris right at the end of the season he, he resigned and they brought in club legend Jamie Vermiglio and well some things never change eh Chris yeah well uh, don't forget that Jamie Vermiglio has been um, was Matt Janssen's assistant, and um, when you ever went to a Chorley game, they were almost they were almost joint managers on the during the ninety minutes. Um, you know, I don't know what happened behind the scenes, and he's carried on really in in, in Matt Janssen's vein, hasn't he? Very difficult to beat. They've won two nil, one nil, one nil. So they've scored four goals and the top of the league. They've got nine points, and that's. That is typical Chorley. That really is Chorley all over. One thing, one person I would like to mention though is Andy Priest that he's brought in as part of the backroom staff there at, at Chorley. You know, certainly a guy who's got, you know, he's got managerial experience at Berry. I think he was at Chester, wasn't he? Um, uh, briefly um, as well in in the not too distant past. And so he's brought in a bit of um, a bit of experience behind the scenes. And what a great start for Chorley because. Again, Chorley wasn't one of the teams that most of us did mention to be up there, despite the fact that they have done well in previous seasons. And um, yeah, Jamie of the Miglio, there's almost no change, is there? It's been a smooth transition so far. Yeah, Robert, I was going, I was going to mention that. Not, I don't think any of us mentioned Chorley at all in our predictions, and uh, they're always a dark horse that people don't really think about. But uh, that's a pretty impressive start, and it like Chesterfield, like Halifax, getting three wins out of three, not conceding, is pretty is a pretty impressive start. It is, and what they've all done though teams you've mentioned is they've gone on the radar a little bit they've almost been missed out haven't they when we talked in the pre-season uh, you know preview and others talking about it as well everyone's focusing on the teams they think are going to go well and the teams are going to get relegated and then uh, you know what happens these teams that that haven't really been under the microscope they just quietly got underway with two or three wins and uh, fair play to Chorley great start for them and uh, 
nine points is uh, really significant, isn't it? Yeah, indeed, and it'll be interesting to see how they go on as the season progresses. So now we're going to look at the National League South. Hi, I'm Tim Flowers, Solly Moore's Football Club, and you're listening to the National League Podcast. In the National League South, your boy did it again, Rob, didn't he? Jake Robinson, he scored the only goal as Billy Ricky beat Wheelstone, and uh, I think he's a shoo-in for the Golden Boot, it's fair to say, barring injury. Yeah, I think he probably could be. I mean, some goals mean more than others. Uh, it was lovely that he got all the plaudits for the four the other week but how crucial is it when it's a 1-0 and you get the one it's it's almost worth more isn't it and and, and, and don't underestimate the opposition they beat today uh, I don't know the story of the match there but I fancy both those sides to do well this season uh, Billericke and Wilson and actually we'll come on to the detail in a minute but I just had a little early look and we talk about the league table not taking shape for 10 games or whatever have a look at the top seven in the National League South between us boys with our predictions we, we, we pretty much nailed it I think you know you've got uh, you've got Woking and Billericke in the top two which one way or another most of us said got the likes of Hemel up there Dartford up there Welling under Steve King and it's a pretty pretty decent start but uh, and, and, and the, that, that's probably one of the three tapes that looks anything remotely like we thought it might look like the North and the National League well they're topsy-toby they're all over the place aren't they yeah and, and I think well, I said Weston to go down as well, along with Hungerford. I don't think I picked East Thurrock, but they're the bottom three currently, which we'll get on to shortly. But talking of Hungerford, actually, poor old Hungerford, they struggled last season. And they played a Chelmsford City side who'd only drawn and lost their opening two games. But Chelmsford went there and won by six goals to nil and six different scorers as well. Yeah, if only they could have had a couple of those goals in the last games. But uh, nevertheless, to go away from home and win 6 nil that's a terrific response for them. And... Uh, Proving that they're not happy to be also rounds this season. They want to be in the shake-up as well. Again, most of us have predicted them to be at the right end of the table and uh, that'll really give them a lift. That can be a real momentum changer for Chelsea. Unfortunately, and I know we got some stick from it, but the reality coming home for Hungerford. And Chris, in terms of Tarkey, a pretty solid start for them. Two goals on Saturday for Rory Keating, who's a nephew of Ronan Keating, and proving that life in the National League South can be a bit of a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Luke, you caught me off guard then. I just realised what you I was going to say it's only words until um, until they finish at the top of the table. <laughs> oh dear, the puns are back. The puns are back. But uh, yeah, Tarky, uh, a, a quiet start for them. Apparently they weren't very good at Chelmsford uh, last Saturday, but they, they, they've picked up since then. And yeah, it's a very strong... It's a very strong eight and nine teams up there. I mean, don't rule St Albans out. Obviously, Chelmsford, Wealdstone. So you're looking at ten, eleven teams really who could really push for that title and for the playoffs as well. Sorry, Luke. Just seriously, <laughs> just seriously, without making a pun about Torquay. What what you always look for, I think, at this stage of the season is like it's kind of like economy of effort. And Torquay have only scored three goals. But they've conceded none, and they've got seven points. And as a as a sort of a purist, uh, what 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 do they tell in Scott? Is it Catinaccio? Yeah, you might, uh, yeah. might want to yeah get where they real get solid at the back, and they they, they try and nick nick one at the other end, and that's what Tokyo are doing at the moment, and they're really maximising maximising their effort, and um, you know they've got seven points from those three goals and and none against. And Rob, uh, news out of this week out of the National League South was Truro City, Chris Todd, and Lee Hodges left the club after just one game. Uh, well, it, it took charge of Tuesday night's game, then um, they left, they announced they were leaving before that game, uh, but it got. A good draw to, on Saturday at Eastbourne Borough but again with the management going and being homeless Rob you, you can see a real struggle for them it's going to be a really difficult time for them 
on top of the uh, logistical issues that they've already got. And uh, I, I'd seen that news, boys, but I had delved into it. I hadn't heard any more about it. I don't know uh, what, uh, you know, did, did, did either of those managers come out and give a clear statement as to what the issue uh, was and the reason why they left? They just said it was for footballing reasons, but just obviously something deeper than that. It must be something to do with the travelling because to, to, to resign after, well, one one and a bit games you could say they took charge of the second game but was the heart really in it um, they said it was nothing to do with the travelling apparently but who knows only they know we'll move on to Concord who are many dark horses for this season they've had a really good start to the season well and they got a good win away at Dulwich who've had a slow start to the season but Concord Rob I think they are going to be dark horses and I think they will make the playoff yeah I can't really speak uh, with much uh knowledge or experience of Concord to be honest with you I heard you boys predicting them to do quite well in the uh, pre-season podcast but I've never seen them play actually so uh, not too much to offer on that one but well done to Concord on a, a great start to the season yeah do you know what Rob I'll, I'll be totally honest with you I've never seen him play either and um, my knowledge of the National League South is is not as good as the other leagues and what I what I did I looked at what commentators who knew a little bit about this league were talking about and they were all tipping Concord to do well and when you look into it they've, they've bought well over the summer and um, they've, they've really um, they've really got a bit of momentum behind them and considering they were a team who were finishing around about the lower reaches of the table last season they, they look to be a team that have got a bit of renewed um, belief that they can actually do well in this league this season and uh, they've proven it so far and another team who've started off quite well since coming down to the National League South Awoken they had a topsy-turvy game on Tuesday night coming from behind against St Albans and they had to do the same again today against Oxford City winning by three goals to two and Rob it's an area you know well of course Woking uh, your local rivals they lost Charlie Carter as we heard earlier in the show to Chesterfield but a good solid start to them for this season yeah we all thought that Alan Dowson was a good appointment and we all thought that uh, he put together a nice squad to uh to take on the National League South this season and uh, so far he's proved that to be the case and uh, three wins out of three for Woken they are the only team in the National League South that have won all three games so uh, full credit to them I bet they would uh, they'd, they'd have bitten your arm off if you told them that they'd have a two point lead at the top after the first three games it's a bit violent you don't want to be biting arms off uh, biting limbs off on this podcast <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, another another team and another player you know quite well Robert Slough Town they, they won at Gloucester again playing it up at Evesham as we mentioned last week but a good first win in the National League South of the season for them yeah absolutely I, I, I uh, again I don't know the story of that game I did notice last week that uh, our friend of the podcast, uh, Scotty Davis, actually was on the bench and came on. I don't know if he started today, but uh, yeah, I, I'd seen a mixed predictions about Slough. Some, think, some saying that uh, they might struggle at this level and others saying that they, that they really could kick on. We shall see as the season unravels. Hi, I'm Adam Summerton. You're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. So just before we finish the podcast for this week, we're just going to have a quick look down at Step 3 and the Bostick Leagues and the Southern League kicked off this weekend. Oh. Evil Stick Prem kick off next weekend. Why, I don't know. But anyway, there we go. And somebody you know well, Rob, uh, Nicky Bull, uh, he's turned up at Leatherhead. They lost Jack Migson during the summer to go and manage Concord and it was Nicky Bull's first game in charge at Hornchurch then it didn't go so well they lost by three goals to nil yeah Nicky will be disappointed with that one of course uh, not getting on the score sheet and conceded three it's going to be a steep learning curve for 
him in that role but I've every every confidence that uh, that he will come through and he'll do a good job he's a passionate man he's a knowledgeable and articulate man and uh, what I don't underestimate is the challenge he's taken on by actually playing between the sticks and managing the side if you're going to do it from any position goalkeeper's probably the best one but uh, he, he knows no boundaries he'll push himself to the limits Nicky Bull and I'm sure he'll be a winner due course and a team I, I tipped to do well this season Margate they got a good start with a 5-2 win against Corinthian Casuals watched by over 500 people a team who came down for their National League South last season Bogner Regis they started with a 2-2 draw at Haringey Burren it's a remarkable story about Haringey they, they've uh, they fought up through basically the local leagues over the last few seasons another one who's had a 3G pitch put in and they've had people there for donkey's years promoting a club and gradually they're building up the club and uh, they had 246 people watching him so good on them in terms of Evo Stick South Russian Dime is another name a blast from the past Rob they got a good start they're looking for promotion into the, the National Leagues feeder leagues and they won by five goals to two at home to Redditch and it'd be good to see Russian Diamonds come back it would I'm not sure where they're playing the game these days I, sh- I should know because shamefully I live literally approximately 14 miles from Rushton. I know it's a very tragic story Obviously, Max Griggs left them in uh, what he believed to be good shape, but uh, that's one of the more modern stadia, isn't it? One of the more modern grounds, and I understand it's it's no longer there, and they play elsewhere. I don't know the full ins and outs of it, but uh, love to see Rushton come back and, and and get up to the the higher echelons of uh, league. Good start for them. Yeah, and another game in that uh, division, Chris, with two teams you know quite well from your days down in sort of the Midlands and working on the Midlands paper with Barwell versus Stourbridge. It looked like Messiah McDonald would be the Messiah, but unfortunately, Luke Bembo's last minute penalty meant the points were shared. Yeah, he's <laughs> Luke Bembo's a great player. I don't know whether he, I think you have seen him play, haven't you, Luke? You've probably seen him play up at Hyde, and he's a he's a big unit. And uh, but he's a big unit who can shield the ball really well, and he's got a really good eye from goal, eye for goal as well. So he won't do much during a game, um, but when he does get a sight of goal, he's deadly. And uh, yeah, two two very good teams. I mean, a couple of seasons ago, Luke, you, you, well, they've always with Jimmy Ginelli, they're always uh, sort of pushing for playoffs, and you weren't sure whether they had the resources to get there. And and Stourbridge under uh, Gary Hackett have always been uh, threatening to deceive. Really, had some really good cup runs. And they've been close to uh, close to promotion for a few seasons, never quite made it. So yeah, two teams I uh, I really like to play. They play football in the right way, and yeah, I hope they do both both do really well this season. And another team you know quite well, and who we tipped to get promoted, to Kingsland Town, but they unfortunately started off with a defeat at home. Chris as well to Biggleswade. Yeah, that's a shame, really. Biggleswade um, obviously coming up um, through the through the leagues in in, in recent years, and uh, Kingsland when I was down there, they were getting about five or six hundred, and there's a they've got really good support behind them they were really unlucky last season they had an absolutely cracking season last season and they they just they were just pipped at the end but for promotion um, and they'll be wanting to be up there this season but uh, a bad start yeah not not what you want is it getting beat in your first game of the season especially at home no it's not and hopefully better times ahead for them but guys thank you for joining us it's been a dramatic and busy week as always and uh, we'll see, we shall see you next week thanks for joining us Rob cheers guys have a great week yeah safe trip home and Chris enjoy your time left in Indonesia yeah thanks Luke I'm still here for about four weeks <laughs> but uh, yeah I'll enjoy it cheers excellent and uh, thank you all for listening do get in touch with us on Twitter at NL Full Time and on Facebook as well NL Full Time so thank you all for listening and we shall see you all very soon